how often when the days are dark, we are like Naomi. Your mind just focuses on all the bad things. And it's hard to turn away from them and see the little rays of light, the little rays and glimmers of hope. We don't see them and we forget the promises God has made. Naomi has had a rough time. God's hand has dealt some very bitter blows. First, there was a famine in Bethlehem. She had to move to Moab with her family there. Her husband died. Then both of her sons died. She had no grandchildren. She was left all alone in a foreign country with no one to provide for her in her later years. Bitter, bitter blows. But now she's heard that the Lord has visited his people by giving them bread. There's bread back in Bethlehem, so she has returned. She's come back home, back where she belongs, back in God's place among God's people. But she's come home a broken woman. Not bitter, but broken. She still knows there's a God, the Lord, Yahweh, the covenant God of Israel. She knows that he's a faithful God and a merciful God. She knows he is almighty. She said so. There's nothing that he can't do. And she has bowed humbly beneath his hand and accepted those bitter blows. But she still doesn't see any way out. All she can see is the awfulness of her plight. Dark, dark days. But it's not all dark, because even in Naomi's darkness, there are some little rays of light. Her sons have married two Moabite women, and Ruth, one of her foreign daughters-in-law, has become a believer She's committed to God and to his people now, and she's come back to Bethlehem with Naomi, and she has promised that she's going to stay with her. And there's bread. There's been a harvest in Bethlehem, and God is blessing. There are some little rays of light on the horizon, but Naomi can't see them. Not yet. And how often when the days are dark, we are like Naomi. Your mind just focuses on all the bad things, doesn't it? And it's hard to turn away from them and see the little rays of light, the little rays and glimmers of hope. We don't see them and we forget the promises that God has made. Well, that's where we left Naomi last time. 
We're going to take up the story again now. We're going to read from Ruth 2, verses 1 to 17. And Naomi had a kinsman of her husband's, a man of great wealth, of the family of Elimelech. His name was Boaz. So Ruth the Moabitess said to Naomi, Please let me go to the field and glean heads of grain after him in whose sight I might find favor. And she said to her, Go, my daughter. Then she left and went and gleaned in the field after the reapers. And she happened to come to the part of the field belonging to Boaz, who was of the family of Elimelech. Now behold, Boaz came from Bethlehem and said to the reapers, The Lord be with you. And they answered him, The Lord bless you. Then Boaz said to his servant who was in charge of the reapers, Whose young woman is this? So the servant who was in charge of the reapers answered and said, It is the young Moabite woman who came back with Naomi from the country of Moab. And she said, Please let me glean and gather after the reapers among the sheaves. So she came and has continued from morning until now, though she rested in the house a little. Then Boaz said to Ruth, You will listen, my daughter, will you not? Do not go to glean in another field, nor go from here, but stay close by my young women. Let your eyes be on the field which they reap, and go after them. Have I not commanded the young men not to touch you? And when you are thirsty, go to the vessels and drink from what the young men have drawn. Then she fell on her face, bowed down to the ground, and said to him, why have I found favor in your eyes that you should take notice of me since I am a foreigner? And Boaz answered and said to her, It has been fully reported to me all that you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband, and how you have left your father and your mother and the land of your birth and have come to a people whom you did not know before. The Lord repay your work and a full reward be given you by the Lord God of Israel under whose wings you have come for refuge. Then she said, Let me find favor in your sight, my Lord, for you have comforted me and have spoken kindly to your maidservant, though I am not like one of your maidservants. Now Boaz said to her at mealtime, Come here and eat of the bread and dip your piece of bread in the vinegar. So she sat beside the reapers and he passed parched grain to her and she ate and was satisfied and kept some back. And when she rose up to glean, Boaz commanded his young men saying, Let her glean among the sheaves and do not reproach her. Also let some grain from the bundles fall purposely for her. Leave it that she may glean and do not rebuke her. So she gleaned in the field until evening and beat out what she had gleaned. And it was about an ephah of barley. Like a play, the story is divided into acts and scenes. And in chapter 2, we're taken to Naomi's place in the city, where she and Ruth are in conversation. There was a relative of Naomi's husband, a man of great wealth of the family of Elimelech. His name was Boaz. 
So Ruth the Moabitess said to Naomi, Please let me go to the field and glean heads of grain after him in whose sight I may find favor. And she said to her, Go, my daughter. Then she left and went and gleaned in the field after the reapers. And she happened to come to the part of the field belonging to Boaz, who was of the family of Elimelech. There was a relative in the family of Elimelech. His name was Boaz. Ruth said to Naomi, Please let me go into his field and glean after him in whose sight I may find favor. And she said, Go, my daughter. So she went and gleaned in the field of Boaz, who was of the family of Elimelech. It's just a, a short scene, just a little snippet. But it tells us what has become of Ruth since they've returned to Bethlehem. And the focus of the story has now shifted off Naomi and onto Ruth. We see that she's living with Naomi and she's taken responsibility to put bread on the table for both of them. Good for you, Ruth. The scene also introduces a new character and that's Boaz. He's a rich relation. He's a man of great wealth. But that doesn't quite cover it, because the word that's used means also that he's a man of good character and he's a man of standing, which kind of makes you wonder, doesn't it? Hmm, good catch for somebody. Maybe things aren't as bleak as Naomi thinks they are. Maybe this is another little ray of light in the darkness. Anyway, Ruth wants to go out gleaning in the fields, gathering grain that's been left after the reaping has been done. That was one of two ways that God had established in Israel for the needs of widows and others who had no one to provide for them to be met. The other way was that there was a tax collected every three years from which the widows and orphans received help. It says in Deuteronomy 24, When you reap your harvest in your field and forget a sheaf in the field, you shall not go back to get it. It shall be for the stranger, the fatherless, and the widow, that the Lord your God may bless you in all the work of your hands. You shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt. Therefore, I command you to do this thing. You see there, God's people were always meant to be generous people. So again, you see that Naomi's situation wasn't totally impossible, or it shouldn't have been. God's people were always meant to be generous people, but, well, I suppose like today, they weren't always. That's probably why Ruth says, please let me go to the field and glean heads of grain after him in whose sight I may find favor. I'll go gleaning, and hopefully I'll find somebody who'll be kind and generous to me. But again, you can't help wondering, was Ruth hoping for somebody who would do more than let her glean in his field? Because you see, that phrase, after him in whose sight I may find favor, it comes right at the climax of the whole scene. Remember we talked a little bit before about Hebrew poetry and the way it's structured, and one of the things that happens is that very often the high point is put in the middle, and that's exactly what's happening here. You can see that phrase, 
after him in whose sight I may find favor. It's right in the middle. There's a build up to it and then going away from it. That's the thing we're meant to, to focus on here. So off she went and it just so happened. There's a phrase we've come across before. It just so happened. On the face of it, coincidence, chance. But really, it's a little bit of Hebrew humor because we, the readers, know better. The theology doesn't always have to be spelt out. It says in Proverbs 16, verse 9, a man's heart plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. Nothing happens by chance. God is at work in every circumstance. So when it says it just so happened, we're meant to read it, oh I, it just so happened. It just so happened that she ended up in the field of Boaz, the rich relative. Hmm, I wonder. Scene two takes us into the outdoors where Ruth has got to work gathering grain. Now behold, Boaz came from Bethlehem. Here it is again. Behold, wouldn't you know? Surprise, surprise, Boaz shows up. A chance event, but once again, we know God is up to something. Oh, aye, Boaz, he just showed up. Now behold, Boaz came from Bethlehem, and he said to the reapers, The Lord be with you. And they answered him, The Lord bless you. Now evidently, Boaz is a believer too. His farming business and his relationship with his employees is shot through with God. He greets them in the name of God and they respond to him in the same way. I mean, how many places of work would you find that happening in today? And we're going to see in a minute, it's not just empty words. Boaz is a believer. And Boaz, when he arrives, he spies Ruth and he asks his foreman, Who's she? And he says, she's the Moabite woman who came back with Naomi. She asked if she could glean in the fields, and she's a hard worker. She came and she's continued from morning until now, though she has rested a little while in the house all day and hardly a break, Boaz. She's a hard worker, providing for her mother-in-law, not pushy either, humble and polite with it. Hmm. But then Boaz sees that she's about to leave the field. Maybe she intended to go to another field. Maybe she thinks she'll do better somewhere else. Maybe she doesn't want to outstay her welcome. Or maybe, reading into it, you could guess that perhaps some of the men have been making her feel a little bit uncomfortable, harassing the foreigner. For whatever reason, she's planning on leaving because Boaz goes to her and he says to her, do not go and glean in another field, nor go from here, but stay close to my young women. Let your eyes be on the field which they reap. Go after them. Have I not commanded the young men not to touch you? 
And when you are thirsty, go to the vessels and drink from what the young men have drawn. Don't go, Ruth. Stick with the women reapers. Go where they go. Don't go poking around the edge of the field for grain anymore. Get right into the middle of it. I've ordered the men to leave you alone. And when you're thirsty, go and get a drink from what the young men have drawn. You'll be okay, Ruth. I've sorted it for you. And by the way, men didn't draw water for women in those days. It was the other way around. So Ruth is getting some special privileges here, more than she would normally have expected to get. Rich, influential, on top of that he's a godly man, he's kind, he's protective, he's honorable, he's generous. What do you think, ladies? Would you go for one of those? Maybe he likes her. What do you think? When it comes to mealtime, he says, come here, and eat of the bread, and dip your piece of bread in the vinegar. So she sat beside the reapers, and he passed parched grain to her, and she ate and was satisfied, and kept some back. And when she rose up to glean, Boaz commanded the young men, saying, Let her glean even among the sheaves, and do not reproach her, and let grain from the bundles fall purposely for her, and leave it, that she may glean, and do not rebuke her. Two good people. They seem well matched. I can hear the bells. Can you? Well, Ruth is completely bowled over by his kindness. Why have I found favor? She fell on her face, bowed down to the ground and said to him, Why have I found favor in your eyes that you should take notice of me, a foreigner? Surprised and she's grateful. Let me find favor in your sight, my Lord, for you have comforted me and spoken kindly to your maidservant, though I am not like one of your maidservants. Why so much kindness? I mean, Ruth herself is surprised by it. I don't deserve this. And Boaz then responds to her with this. He says, It has been fully reported to me all that you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband, and how you have left your father and your mother in the land of your birth and have come to a people whom you did not know, the Lord repay your work with a full reward given you by the Lord God of Israel under whose wings you have come for refuge. I've heard that you've loved Naomi so much that you left your father and mother in the land you were born and came to a place where you knew nobody. Now, do you think by that does Boaz mean, Ruth, I'm being kind to you because you've earned it. You've been a good girl. You've been good to Naomi. I want to pay you back. Was that it? Wages for good deeds done? be a pretty rotten love story if it was, wouldn't it? No, I think this is the way of it. Maybe you need to concentrate a wee bit just to get this. Boaz says, Ruth, I've heard what you've done. And my prayer for you is that the Lord will reward you. Boaz doesn't mention his own generosity, which is what Ruth was asking about. If he had thought about it, he probably would have said, Ruth, it's nothing. I'm only God's instrument here. The wealth is his wealth. This is the Lord's blessing. So I think Boaz is saying, Ruth, I've seen what you've done, and I want to bless you, but this is only a little bit. 
What I really want for you, Ruth, is that the Lord will bless you greatly. I think he's saying, Ruth, I've seen what you've done and I want to bless you, but I want even more than that. I want the Lord to bless you. The Lord reward you. A full reward be given you by the Lord God of Israel under whose wings you have come for refuge. Well then, is Boaz saying God is paying wages? Well, again, no, I don't think so because God doesn't do wages. You know that, don't you? Boaz says, A full reward be given to you by the Lord God of Israel under whose wings you have come for refuge. And the picture there is a lovely picture. The picture is of a great big winged eagle and Ruth is a tiny little eaglet coming to find safety under his wings, safety in his protection. And it's a picture that's used in a lot of places in the Bible. And I'm just going to show you one example. It's from Psalm 57 and it's verse 1. It's one of David's Psalms where he says, Be merciful to me, O God, be merciful to me, For my soul trusts in you, and in the shadow of your wings I will make my refuge until these calamities have passed away. Here's David praying. Don't know what his circumstances were, but he's praying, Lord, have mercy on me. Lord, help me. Why should you help me, Lord? Why should you have mercy? And David answers the question himself, because I'm trusting you. Because I have sought refuge in the shadow of your wings. Be merciful to me, Lord, because I've come to you for help. No other reason, just because I've come to you, just because I'm asking. Do you see, with God, it's enough that you just come to him and ask. It's enough that you trust him. It's enough that you turn to him for help in your time of calamity. He needs no other reason to help you and bless you. All it takes is for you to come to him to find refuge under the shadow of his wings. Well then, why does Boaz even mention what Ruth has done for Naomi and the sacrifices she's made? I think he mentions it because those things are how he knows that she has taken refuge under God's wings. Let me explain that. They prove that her trust in God is genuine. They prove that she's the real thing. She doesn't just say, Lord, help me. Anybody can say that when they're in trouble, and it can mean nothing sometimes. But Ruth actually left Moab. She left her gods, and she left her family, and she came to be in God's place among God's people, She's been doing what God's people do. She has been faithful. She has been caring. She has been loving. And Boaz is saying to her, Ruth, I've heard what you've done. I've heard what you're doing. You really have placed yourself in God's care, Ruth, haven't you? The Lord then bless you abundantly. And I know he will. Because I can see that your asking has been sincere, and I know that God always does. He always hears those who cry out to him for help. 
And why does he say, the Lord repay your work? Well, because he does. <laughs> the Lord does. The Lord rewards everyone who comes to him for help. It's not payment earned. It's simply, if you come to God for help, he'll reward you by helping you. And he more than makes up for whatever you have lost in the coming. Jesus said, everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my name's sake shall receive a hundredfold and inherit eternal life. It's not wages. No, it's way, way better than wages. It's God pouring out his grace. It's God pouring out undeserved blessings just to those who come to him and say, Lord, will you help me? Eye has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those who love him. You know, God is not an employer looking for people to serve him. He's an eagle looking for people to shelter under his wings. He's looking for people who need help so much that they leave whatever it is they're trying to find happiness and security in. They leave father or mother or home or friends or sins or whatever. He's looking for people who will leave whatever it is they're trying to find happiness and security in and turn to him for help because they found that there's no help anywhere else. And when they do sincerely turn to him for help, he will bless them. It's not payback. It's way better than that. It's a God who loves to protect those who are helpless. A God who loves to pour out good things blessing after blessing upon those who come to him. You have no idea the blessings God has led up for those who come to him. God will have mercy on anyone who comes under the shadow of his wings. Have you? Have you come under the shadow of God's wings? Have you come to him to find mercy and help? Have you ever got to that point where you realize that you need God's shelter and God's help and you can't get by without it? Have you seen the danger you've been in going your own way? Have you seen the danger that there is out there in a broken, fallen world? Danger because of other people's sins? danger from your own sin and the grip that it has on you and, and where it's taking you and how it's going to destroy you if you keep going that way? Have you seen the danger you're under from a God who is and must be angry with your sin? Have you seen the hopelessness of that situation? And have you turned to him for help? And has it not been just an easy, Lord, help me, but have you left your sin and those old ways behind, and the friends, and anything else that was coming between you and God. That's what it means to come under the shadow of his wings 
to find refuge. Have you done that? If you do, he will have mercy and he will bless and he will bless abundantly. And Christian, I wonder are you thinking, yes, I have come under the shadow of his wings. I am looking to him for help. I, I turned my back on the world and I made my sacrifices and I followed God and I've maybe been following him for years, trusting him. But where's the blessing? All I'm seeing these days is just one bitter blow after another from the hand of God. I feel like it's dark and I'm all alone. Where is the blessing? I'm like Naomi. I'm seeing all the bad things that have happened. I don't see any glimmers of light on my horizon. Where is it? Well, Naomi was under the shadow of God's wing, just as much as Ruth was. She didn't see it at the time, but even those bitter blows were raining down, even at the same time God was at work doing something good, something very good. The blessing's coming, Naomi. The blessing is coming. Look for the signs and remember God's promises. Even as the bitter blows were raining down on her, God was at work doing something good for Naomi, something very good. And he's doing something good in your life too. There are glimmers of light on your horizon. Maybe you haven't noticed them yet. Go look for them. Those little glimmers of light, those little signs that God is at work in your life, those little signs of hope, those tokens of his grace, look for them. And remember his promises. Remember them. Be assured, even as the bitter blows were raining down, God was at work doing something good for Naomi. Hang in there. He's doing something very good for you too. Let's pray. Father, sometimes the days seem dark and the blows seem heavy and the burdens are difficult to bear and there seems to be no light at the end of the tunnel. We pray, Father, that we would remember that you are a God who delights to be merciful, a God who is merciful, abundantly merciful to those who come to you to find shelter. Help us, our Father, to trust you, to remember your promises, and to continue to seek our safety under the shadow of your wing. For we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.